The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. What's up, dum-dums? It's your good friend Colin here. Today's show is brought to you by Amazon.com. And why is it brought to you by Amazon.com? Because if you go to the Mazodcast website and click on the Amazon banner, we get a sweet, wet taste of them dollar bills. So if you're purchasing drugs or prostitutes or, well, anything else you can get on Amazon, I assume all those things are available, do it through the Mazodcast Amazon banner and let us wet our beak, M-I-Z. Gonna throw it. Slam. This bugs for you, Mizzou. Johnson, and he's gone. Touchdown, Missouri. It don't get no better than that, man. Lock deep near side. Jamon Moore. It's a foot race. 82 yards. Touchdown, Missouri. Boy, look at Crockett run. It's his fourth touchdown run of the day. This is the Mazodcast. Howdy, Tiger fans, and welcome to the Mazodcast. I'm your host, Brendan Anthony. Joining me, as always, is Baker Mayfield's life coach, Colin Anthony. What's up, dum-dums? And Jen Bielema's baby daddy, Caleb Bungart. Hello, children. So uh, the Tigers faced off Vanderbilt in Nashville this weekend, and lo and behold, they came away with a 45-17 to victory. Makes the Tigers bowl eligible at now 6-5 and on the season in a very... Very up and down season that uh, has not gone the way anyone would have expected it. No, I mean it's great and bad all at the same time. Mm. I don't know. Uh, I mean, it's like having sex with a supermodel but ending up with herpes. It's like it's a little bit good, it's a little bit bad, mm. but <laughs> probably something you wouldn't turn away from. Yeah, something you'd take if it was <laughs> yeah, offered. You know, especially after seeing Purdue getting housed like the last four weeks. By yeah, the Purdue has turned out to not be good at no. football. They've been bad. This and year. I've heard their their coach being uh, shouted out a lot for taking one of these bigger openings around the country. And I thought, boy, apparently getting housed week after week since beating Missouri has not lowered his stock much. No, I guess not. Well, one thing I saw they got jo- Purdue winning though. I yeah. mean, that's a fucking tall order. <laughs> yeah. So Missouri six and five. They've had won five games in a row after starting the season one and five like we said they're now bowl eligible with one game remaining against arkansas and i guess let's dig a little bit deeper into that vanderbilt game that got us into the bowl eligibility category missouri started the game 35 to nothing at the half yeah it was all missouri in the first half of this game if you watch the last three games just Think of that first half and just put it on repeat. They just do the same thing over and over again. The one thing we didn't do that we've been doing week after week is having a really bad interception or bad possession to start out the game and then blowing them out after that. Mm. We started out fresh and just scored and scored and scored. And we scored in about every way there was possible. We had a punt return. We had a pick six. The offense was chugging along. Everything was going the Tigers' way up until halftime. And I've been critical of Lee because he has been a suspect tackler, but it was a nice interception. Hands interception. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, uh, you know, ran it in. Defensive score. You got to love it. I mean, I think, especially in our losing streak, that was definitely something was missing. We didn't have any turnovers. No. I mean, we never turned anybody over. No, our turnover margin was bad. Yeah, the margin's in our favor now. Well, and you know, it wasn't that many years ago when Missouri had this very vaunted, like, turnover streak going, mm-hmm. you know, game after game after game. They had, I can't remember how many in a row they had. 
it had kind of been the earmark of our defense that we forced turnovers and it had completely, completely dried up. But it's, you know, they have been forcing turnovers of late. Kale Garrett, I mean, I know we are playing shitty teams. I mean, there's no two ways about it. We are playing fucking garbage teams, but Kale Garrett has played well. Mm-hmm. And oh, yeah. Tackles for loss, interceptions. Oh, he's all over the field. He had a sack. I mean, he's been doing great and shows you why maybe Eric Beisel has never seen the field. <laughs> and makes you wonder why uh, Kale Garrett maybe wasn't our representative at the uh, SEC media days. It's weird how Beisel has not been a part of this team his senior year at all none at all yeah and they I, play special teams that is I, it. I think we'll hear from him this week because we are going up against arkansas and the media would love to get a nice sound bite from eric Beisel. if he's dropping sound bites with approximately 18 minutes of playing time for the entire season he's just a fucking dumb dumb you, know, <laughs> you don't get to talk at that point oh it's happening it's his senior year yeah <laughs> and he's got nothing left to lose that's how he does yeah <laughs> it's been weird because that's how he do he is a sound bite machine now he's not been on the field but we've also seen the emergence of terry beckner jr finally in his mm-hmm. junior year Beast. Yeah, and a pick. It could have been a pick six. Oh, he got a block. He was gone. And it, he and the guy, I can't remember who was running along the side. Somebody missed a block. I mean, somebody mm. could have gotten that block, and they didn't mm-hmm. get there. And I was like, oh, yeah. Well, he, uh, he had a nice a, that was a nice hands catch as well. I mean, That's he, some good top end speed for a big fella. Yeah, too. he was chugging along. I wouldn't mm-hmm. want him to be the guy that had to he bring him down. Every bit as fast as Drew Locke. <laughs> yeah, a lot less like a deer on ice skates. Yeah, exactly. The second half of this game was a different story. Although Missouri blew out Vanderbilt, they didn't get their offense. The, certainly, the running game couldn't get the going. Third, in the, the third quarter was just hot garbage. Yeah, hot, hot garbage. I mean, it was. I never was really worried that we were going to lose the game. I mean, we're up by 35 points, but right. it, it would look a lot more competitive than it had been. Mm-hmm. Um, they basically outscored us like 17 to three in the third quarter. Or they something. did. And we got another uh, touchdown to Albert O in the fourth quarter, which really iced the game because, you know, like you said, it was well out of hand. Yeah. David Morrison had several tweets about uh, Albert O, one of which was that all of his catches, except for one or two, were either for third down conversions or touchdowns. Mm-hmm. He scored two touchdowns. I can't remember how many catches he had, but I mean, he was a, he was moving the chains. He was scoring touchdowns. And I can't remember. He had also tweeted out the Mizzou quarterback rating when passing to tight ends. It's astronomical. Mm-hmm. And having a guy like Alberto who jumps up in traffic and catch a ball, you know, when guys like Moore and Hall seem to be able to not do it at all with no one standing within 10 feet of them for so Albert O to be doing it with people draped on him is kind of refreshing. We are kind of back to dropping passes by wide receivers. That's what also. I was getting to next. Yeah. One of the problems we saw in the second half was Emmanuel Hall. And this, I, you know, this is on us. I think yeah. we can take some blame for this. We were bragging about it. all Emmanuel Hall did was bring in catches. Yeah, we're just going to call it the Colin Anthony kiss of death <laughs> from now on. Yeah. He's had a lot of bad drops in the last two games. And, you know, we talked about why was this guy not on the field when Demetrius Mason was before Mason got kicked off the team. And you have to wonder, is this what we saw this may, in practice? This may just be a terrible excuse for him, but the last two games have been cold. Mm-hmm. The last two games have been when he's making all his drops. Mm-hmm. And, like, maybe he's just not a great cold-weather guy. Yeah, that's you know? unfortunate because football's played in the fall. <laughs> it really is. Mm-hmm. It really is. But I'm just trying to think of any reason that the guy who seemed to catch everything can suddenly catch nothing. Yeah. He just doesn't want Jamon to feel bad. No, he, that's right. That's right. Probably yeah. still wearing his gloves. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, we learned last week that he was wearing Jamon's gloves. Mm-hmm. All that aside, it was a blowout victory for the Tigers on the road. In fact, it was Barry Odom's first road win mm-hmm. while he's been head coach, and I think the first road win for the Tigers in three years in the SEC. God, that sounds awful. It sure does, but it's a reality, and now we're off the snide there. We are one game away from having a 7-5 and five season, which earlier in the season we were predicting that kind of outcome for the yeah, Tigers, but it really didn't expect it to come this way. No, 
Well, of course, nobody did. Nobody wanted it to come this way, I don't think. And it does put us in a position where we can go back on Twitter and look up the Barrett Sallies of the world. We can look up Which all we the have. Saturday Down South folks and all those guys who predicted Missouri to go winless in the SEC and For the bottom of the, yeah, and the bottom of the entire division of the East and laugh in their face because Tiger fans knew we were better than this. We may not have known it about five or six weeks into this season, but going into the season, we knew we had the potential to, you know, not win the division, but be you know, middle tier to pick us for zero wins. I mean, you're just being a fucking asshole. I mean, there are teams like Vanderbilt in Arkansas in this division, mm-hmm. you know, Kentucky, right. South Carolina, who are not necessarily bad this year. Arkansas is not in the division, but, but middling. Well, the conference, sorry, mm-hmm. you're but gonna play it's semantics. Either way, we're going to play them. And to just like, you can't, you guys aren't even going to beat Vanderbilt or Arkansas or pick one up against Kentucky or, I mean, South Carolina. I hate to go to the whole disrespected shit, but it's disrespectful. I mean, like, yeah. like we're just cannot, there's no way we'll be able to find a win in this conference. Well, for me, the whole reason that seems stupid was the fact that we were bringing 11, what, 10 out of 11 starters back in our offense. Now, granted, a lot of that has changed as we've got a lot of freshmen on our offensive line, but that's because they're playing well. Well, not only and that, Brennan, when you have an experienced offense, you're going to score a lot of points, and when you score a lot of points, you win a lot of games. Paul Feinbaum even said it before the season started. Mizzou is like one of only five teams in the entire country that had a 1,000-yard receiver coming back, a 4,000-yard passer, and a thousand yard running back. So you got a wide receiver, running back, and a quarterback. That's a pretty good place to start. Mm-hmm. You know, with an l- offensive line that played well last year, and now theoretically could continue to play well. I just—it's not like I predict us to win the East, and mm-hmm. it's not as if I thought we were going to be world beaters. But to say zero wins, Barrett Sell is just a fucking asshole. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean, well, he's not good at his job. No, no, no. I got in a little Twitter spat with him via the Mazodcast account, and he's just a piece of shit. Mm. I don't mind saying it either. He's a piece of shit. He's a real piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> In the world of shit, he's a real piece of shit. <laughs> Barrett Sally. Steak at a hot take, Colin. Yeah, that is a hot take. So, yeah, Missouri is now – and they've also been blowing out everybody they play in against it because I think that's one thing we've been talking a lot about. How good is this team? Are we just turning things around because we're playing bad teams? And we clearly are. I mean, Arkansas could fire their coach today as far as we know. Mm-hmm. And we're looking at three of our last four opponents getting rid of their coaches. These are bad teams. Yeah. But at the same time, we're blowing them out. This is what you're supposed to do to bad teams. Yeah, I, I mean, it's certainly just like Barry Odom got on the hot seat so quickly mm-hmm. because of the way he was losing. It was embarrassing. Right. The same reason you get high on it. It's not just that we're winning games. It's that we're thumping everybody by 40 points. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like we get in a shootout with Vanderbilt or, you know, Idaho takes us to the wire. Right. You know what I mean? Like, they're just thumping the shit out of people. Well, Missouri is on the upward trend, and, the you know, Chiefs are on the downward. It's almost like story of two seasons that are opposite. Yeah, Let's not are. talk about the Chiefs, Caleb, please. Right. <laughs> yeah, it is Sunday night as we're uh, recording this. Do you not see the uh, gauze all over my wrists? <laughs> yeah. Let's, let's leave it alone. He's a cutter, folks. <laughs> a cutter. Oh, my God. Let's stick to the Tigers because uh, I want to stay happy before Monday starts. So Missouri's winning. You know, they're scoring 40 to 50 points a game, regardless of who they're going up against that is something every team has to worry about i mean i'm sure arkansas is looking at this game and saying how the fuck are we going to defend these people they're probably looking at the second half of this vanderbilt game because whether that was the tigers fucking up or vanderbilt stepping up on defense and changing things around they did slow us down well think one thing i noticed a little bit for the tigers they they did something a little more in the last couple of games than they haven't done and they're not still not doing it a lot but the corners are playing up a little further I even saw a couple times where they were jamming off the line, which is just virtually unheard of for this defense. Now, several plays, especially in the third quarter, were given that nice 17-yard cushion mm-hmm. to their wide receivers. But, you know, they, they seem like they're obviously blitzing a little bit. 
They're getting pressure with just four a lot of times too, but their defense seems to be a little more aggressive. And I think as the offense has become more and more productive, Barry Odom has felt more and more comfortable bringing a little pressure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe we'll get burned over the top if we bring a blitz, or maybe we'll get burned over the top if we jam at the line. But if you're not worried that your offense is going to score four more touchdowns in the game, uh, then you can do that. Yeah. Well, I also think, you know, the defensive line has gotten a lot of attention in this turnaround, as Barry's called it for a long time. But I I look at the linebacking core, who I think the season of experience has really helped out. I feel like guys like Therese Hall have had really good seasons. Therese Hall and Kale Kale Garrett. Garrett. Who I think you know they, they were very tentative mm-hmm. in the first few games of the season. Well, Therese Hall didn't play early on in the season, That's but true. since he has played, he's laid the wood. Now he hasn't always played well necessarily, but when he he's at least a very active defender. I think something that's maybe lost on this is that we got AJ Logan back midway through the season, about the time this line started to play a lot better. And they they rotate so many guys on the line. I don't know. It's hard to say maybe AJ Logan had that big an impact, but you can't discount it. I mean, no. you're talking about he's got a lot of snaps under his belt, and who's playing next to Terry Beckner Jr. And you go, well, maybe whoever was having to fill the gap for AJ Logan was just not a very good football player, and it made Terry Beckner Jr.'s job that much harder. Mm-hmm. It's very possible. Yeah. So I mean, there is the AJ Logan effect, perhaps. Regardless of offense, defense, or whatever, they've been playing better. And one thing that I noticed about this game was, you know, the Florida game. I think we were what three, three and a half point favorites. Mm-hmm. We were figured to beat Tennessee. Every one of those games, I could see why we were favored. But I didn't have a lot of optimism because I've yeah. seen what this team can do yeah. negatively. Vegas believed in the Tigers more yeah, than we did. And, and rightfully so, as it turns out, because they have, they've won those games big. And once again, Vanderbilt, every, every sign pointed to us blowing out Vanderbilt. Everybody was saying, take Vander, take Missouri and the points. You're going to win this one. What were the points by the time the game time started? I believe it had moved to nine and a half. Caleb took the points at seven. Somebody and a half, told so me he got in good. Yeah, somebody told me it was eleven, mm-hmm. and I was like, well, "Wow, that's moved." Yeah, no, I think the last I saw was nine and a half. But they have managed to do what they're supposed to do each and every week. Even though yeah, I'm yeah. nervous, there's no it shouldn't have been because you can we, only play the people on your schedule. Mm-hmm. And now we've got Arkansas ahead of us. I'm very curious to see what this spread is going to be as we go into Arkansas. Barry Odom could get his second SEC road victory in a row. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And do it against Bird, and that would feel awfully good because I think mm-hmm. we talked about Tennessee fans, but I know Arkansas fans are capable of some very sour grapes. Oh, yeah. They've got some sour wine down mm-hmm. there. Sure do. I guess we should also mention before we wrap up the first segment, Colin, Caleb, Mizzou played Utah in basketball on the road, and this had some intrigue to it because no one knew where Michael Porter Jr. was. Mm-hmm. We had reported earlier that he was not going to fly to Utah with the team. That proved correct. Yeah, at least a solid 24 hours before anyone else did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well. Rod Smith got the credit for that. <laughs> but anyway, Big so again, we, we still don't know what, exactly what's going on with Michael Porter Jr. The team did not play well in Utah without him. I don't know if they could have won with him the way we just couldn't make shots. Yeah, I think something that's sort of been glossed over in the first two wins, we were hitting everything. Yeah. And the offense looked good. And that kind of glossed over the fact that Conzo Martin is sub-crazy. That motherfucker is seven people in nonstop all the time. And it was really apparent to me in the Utah game because I had to listen to a portion of it on the radio before I got home. The, the announcers are constantly having to update you on who's on the floor because they're, the substitutions are coming so fast and so furious. And when you're playing well and you're hitting shots, it's who cares? Mm-hmm. But when you are not hitting shots, I feel like it's detrimental. I mean, you're not letting anybody. Yeah, there you go. Anybody is getting into a rhythm. 
You know what mm-hmm. I mean? You're like, oh, I can't. I just hit a shot. Oh, I'm coming out of the game. Mm-hmm. Everybody's clanging it off. It just nobody gets to shoot more than two shots in a two minute span because then they're off the floor. We ought to take a bet on how many games Tillman fouls out of this year too. Oh, that guy is getting the shack treatment. He just mm-hmm. gets breathed on somebody gets a foul. But it's if they're not hitting shots and, and Porter's not there, it's going to be pretty tough to win. Well, my thing is, is like in the wagon analysis. Game, yeah. What was it? Was it, who do we play the fucking game before? Wagner or Wagner. Well, Walford or who the fuck? Wagner. But fuck University. Wagner. Yeah. So um, th- when they played But Fuck University, Wagner. You saw Jonte Porter kind of get in rhythm. Mm-hmm. He got he got he got heated up a little bit, but he got to play some substantial minutes. And like I, that's what I didn't see in this Utah game. Nobody was getting substantial minutes, and nobody ever got to warm up. And the they just could not buy a bucket. It was Kim Anderson era esque as far as shooting percentage went. It was ugly. Do you think that the constant substitutions are a product of how Conzo coaches, or do you think he's looking for matchups early in the season, trying to see what works, putting everything out there, and just seeing what's uh, effective and what isn't? I honestly don't know what his his theory is. I like it. I mean, ultimately, I'm a big fan of that. You know, if he's if he's going to get ten guys participating in the game. That's okay, especially early on in the season from a certain standpoint, because you don't want those guys shitting down both legs if they have to come in in a big game in the middle of the conference play. And it's the first time they've seen the floor in seven games, you know, and they're nervous and they just, because of foul trouble, they get foisted into the game and they're just shitting themselves. Mm-hmm. There shouldn't be a problem with that at the very least. These guys have all played substantial minutes by the time we get to conference play. On the other hand, it's one thing to do it against Wagner and Iowa State, who is obviously not very good, it's another to do it against a Pac-12 opponent who is pretty good mm-hmm. and matches up well with you to constantly be, here's Phillips, here's Geist, here's Nico Reed or whatever the fuck his name is. I mean, it's just one F. Colin Vandersex. And like I said, Colin Vandersex, I don't get it. I mean, and he's not a bad basketball player, but he starts, but he brings nothing to the table. He doesn't get a shot off fast enough to be a threat from the three-point line. I mean, he has to be fucking wide open to get his shot off. He plays middling defense. He doesn't rebound. I mean, he, he just is a zero. He's a great role player, but he starts and he plays substantial minutes. There are two guys that seem to play the more than anyone, and that is Tillman, who, well, of course, he's fucking awesome, and then Cullen Vandersex. These are the two guys that seem to eat up most of the clock. And then after that, it's Barnett and Purrier, mm-hmm. who are both Kim Anderson holdovers. I mean, the guys that have been recruited and the, the guys you've heard about all season, the Blake Harris's and the C.J. Roberts and all these guys. Adam Wolf. <laughs> these guys are part of that constant, constant Jante, constant mm. subbing, subbing, subbing. Cullen Van Leer. Who? Oh, sorry. Cullen Vandersex. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Barnett, Purrier, Cullen Van Leer are the three guys who eat up the substantial amount of minutes. And then you've got Tillman, who is, is sort of the other guy who gets substantial minutes and everybody else is just subbing in. And three of those guys are Kim Anderson guys. Mm-hmm. And I understand that they're the most experienced, but experience doesn't always equate to the best play. You know no, what I mean? Talent off. Well, yeah, Kentucky and Duke live off of fucking one and duns. Yeah. You know, they, they seem to do okay. Yeah. <laughs> without playing talent. their fourth year senior who was terrible the year before. Mm-hmm. You know? And the big question remains. I mean, one loss on the schedule is not that big of a deal. It is a little bit depressing. I personally think it could be good for the fan base to get a loss under our belts just to temper our expectations oh, to some yeah. degree. Because we can't just say, oh, now we're going to have a Final Four team because we have Michael Porter Jr. and company. You know, we still have to earn everything we're going to get. And earning everything we're going to get could mean being a Cinderella bubble team, I mean, and making the tournament, you know, it, we th- said when this whole thing started that our a successful season was tournament. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's where we should, we won nine games last year, guys. Right. Eight. Eight. I'm oh, sorry. Nine was our max. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. In three years, we have totaled less than 30 wins. Getting to the tournament should be 
okay with us. Yeah. I, I mean, everybody wants more, obviously, but nobody should cry big wet tears if the tournament the season's ruined. Yeah. If, if the tournament is as far as we go. Yeah. People were depressed about basketball because of both Michael Porter Jr.'s injury and the loss to Utah, but there's a lot of basketball left to cover. We'll get into that later. Do you want to hear a Michael Porter rumor, Brennan? I, oh, I, there's nothing I like more than Michael Porter conspiracy theories. So this is a, this is from a quote source, mm-hmm. not a good source. I had a guy tell me that he fucked up his back in mm-hmm. practice and the reason his hip is fucked up is because after he got his back fucked up in practice, he went to a chiropractor and the chiropractor proceeded to fuck up his hip. And now the hip is what's lingering. And, but it was all born of some sort of back injury. And, you know, he went to a chiropractor and that was the, uh, that's what's keeping him out. And the one I like is that uh, he had this injury all along and he's been sandbagging mm. and he's just going to go straight to the NBA. Never oh, yeah. play. Never game. play a snap. Yeah. Or snap or <laughs> a snap. A he will never play a snap. Well, the lesson here is to never see a chiropractor always go to an Asian massage therapy. Correct. I think that's, I mean, from talking to Truman, the tiger, I mm. think that's pretty sound advice. That dude never has back problems. No, nope, not once. Or, and this might, may sound crazy, an actual doctor. Yeah. <laughs> He's yeah, not a pseudoscientist. Sure. sure. Yeah. <laughs> All right. On that note, I think we'll head to our first break. We'll come back with a little surprise guest. This is the Mazadcast. Don't throw that used cell phone away. Sell it to Midmo iFix. Midmo iFix buys and sells used cell phones that include a 30-day warranty. So if you lost your phone overboard, the screen's cracked, or the phone's broken, stop into Midmo iFix and see Kevin. And if you have no use for that old phone, turn it into cash. Midmo iFix, located next to Emo's Pizza on Osage Beach Parkway. 573-694-8795. Midmo iFix. Phones fixed fast. Got some listener music for you. This one comes from uh, Casey Bean, his band H.O. Yams. The song's called Back in Grove. Uh, he wrote to us, here's some music for your show. Love to make a podcast. Twitter, hand- Twitter handle is Uncle Spaceman. Big fan of the podcast. Keep up the good work, gentlemen. If you want to send your listener music in, send it to mazodcast at gmail.com. We'd be happy to get it on the air for you. We have a special call, Caleb. It is uh, our good friend, the punter for the University of Missouri Tigers, Corey Fatoni, is on the line. So excited. Corey, thanks for joining us. Hey, fellas, what's going on? Well, we're pretty excited about the way the season's turned around for the Tigers, and we're pretty excited for you, Corey, because we saw this week that you are a finalist now for the Ray Guy Award for the nation's greatest punter in all the land. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah, I figured that was why you was calling, because uh, we were winning so many games earlier this year, and you uh, definitely weren't calling. Even though I was punting quite well, quite well, and uh, doing it often, but uh, lately I haven't been on the field much. And I gotta tell you guys, it was lowering my profile. I mean, I was only banging. I mean, I want to say seven or eight co-eds a week. Oh, is that and it? That's low for me. <laughs> That's a low point, huh? But then you get this Ray Guy Award, and let me tell you what: if there's something college girls know about, it's the Ray Guy Award. <laughs> yeah, they follow that closely, huh? Oh my 
God, I've been getting more ass in the toilet seat. All right, Corey. All right, that's enough of that. Uh, I was going to ask you, though, this week against Vanderbilt, early in the first half, obviously we weren't punting much because we were moving the ball quite a bit, but there were two fourth down situations where Barry Odom chose, elected to go for it rather than punt and uh, didn't wasn't successful. And I was wondering how you felt about that, given the fact that you need all the uh, publicity you can to uh, secure that award. Well, listen, I mean, uh, old Barry, he's not making too many bad decisions of late, doing some uh, good things. But uh, I got to tell you, I wasn't too happy. You know, I felt like that was uh, kind of stealing Corey's thunder. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. uh, you know, when you got a prolific leg like I do, I feel like it's just foolish not to use it. Well, I, I figured that would be the attitude you had. Another suggestion I thought was that in the Gary Pingle era, we saw at least one, I think a couple of times, where we fake punted, and you had some real good running yards. And if we are going to try to make that fourth down, I wondered, you know, Barry Odom has not been a man who's uh, tried for that fake punt situation. Listen, guys, I understand what you're trying to do here, but listen, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go and, and say something bad about my my coach here, my team, or what they're doing. I mean, obviously, I think I should be running the ball more. I mean, obviously, I've proven in the past that I'm uh, at least probably, I don't know, I'd say the best running back on the team. <laughs> okay. And so, you know, it's unfortunate that they'll give me more opportunities. But, uh, you know, hey, it's uh, I'm not the coach. I'm a team player, so we're going to do what we're going to do. And uh, if that includes me ripping off a 26-yard run for a touchdown, then good. And if it doesn't, then uh, you just got to live with that. All right. I think the uh, three finalists are named next week for this Ray Guy Award. Should you be on that list? Are you going to change anything you do to try to make yourself a better candidate for uh, winning this uh, prestigious honor? Or wh- what do you go about your business? Or how, how, what well, are you going to do? I was do? thinking that maybe I uh, went to the uh, equipment guy there in the locker room. He's uh, supposed to have me some uh, football pants next week that are about three sizes tighter than what I got now. So I'm thinking that might help. And, uh, you know, really, uh, really kind of struck my stuff, uh, you know, maybe protrude my hip area a little bit more and uh, just kind of struck my stuff. You know what I mean? I can't hurt. You think that's going to make you kick better? Is that what you're getting at? Well, I mean, it doesn't got nothing to do with kicking, but uh, they're going to see I got a fucking baby's arm holding a plum down here. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how the uh, the award is chosen, but I I don't know if that's a criteria that they look for. Hey, it can hurt, right? <laughs> I, guess, I guess not. There is a fan vote. I know that uh, if Mizzou fans get out there and vote for you and you win the fan vote, that counts as one committee vote on the ultimate selection process. So is there anything you want to tell Tiger fans to make sure they go to that hey, Ray Guy? Go- for, uh, you know, I have three years now. I've been, you know, butting my ass off for you, you know? And uh, I have never slept with any of you that didn't have a absolutely earth-shattering orgasm. I feel like I've given back to the community in every way that I can, you know, <laughs> both with punting and uh, with uh, jackhammering co-ed. So, uh, you know, give Corey your vote. I think I've earned it. You know, I never leave a girl's presence without making sure she gets her cookies. You know what I mean? So uh, I'm a giver. I'm a caring nurturer. Okay. Well, again, this is drifting far afield from the actual punting, which I think is the main category. But uh, well, I, I feel like the- really well, you know, yeah. and people can see that on the field. But they don't, you know, they're not unless they're you know part of my live feed on on, on YouTube. They never see the other side of what Cole's good at. You have a live feed on YouTube about this? Hey, you know what? You know, forget I said that. Okay. <laughs> How many extra tickets did you have to get this weekend being at home in Tennessee? Jeez, you know, uh, I got a uncle who takes care of all the tickets. Even when I'm in, you know, if I'm in town, I mean, I have to worry about it. He's gonna take care of it got some connections, you know, he's, uh, he gets uh, all the family 
you know, all the uh, 34 cousins and uh, 15 uncles and uh, 15 aunts and uh, second cousins. And, you know, then we got a couple of people we call uncles and we call cousins who aren't actually blood related. But, yeah. you know, we call them my brother-in-laws because, you know, they, they are blood, but they're family, you know. So, uh, yeah. It's, uh, well, what kind of you know, connections you know, are you talking about? basically constituted half of the fans at yeah. Vanderbilt this weekend. Yeah, we saw. And I'll tell you something else. Did you know that uh, my good friend Emmanuel Hall? Mm-hmm is uh, also from Franklin, Tennessee. Yeah, I did know that, yeah. So, uh, Franklin representing. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Uh, is he from the same part of Little Sicily neighborhood? No, Franklin? he's from Little Compton. I'm from <laughs> Little, Little Sicily. Okay, so I don't know Franklin well, so I, I, did, I wasn't sure. No, nope, no, nope, but uh, we went in this, didn't run in the same crowd necessarily, but, uh, you know, we're uh, brothers from another mother. All right. Well, Corey, you got one more game to show your stuff. Uh, we head to Arkansas and Fayetteville. Uh, hopefully we won't need to punt too much, but we would like to see you uh, do the best you can and uh, really turn some heads for that Ray Guy Award coming up. Yeah. Hey, guys, thanks for calling. I'm going to get off the phone here and put some more stink in these sheets. Okay. <laughs> All right. We didn't need to know that, but thanks again, Corey. We always like hearing from you. Yeah, forget about it. Yeah, so Corey gave us a little grief because we haven't talked to him in a while, but uh, it was good to hear from him again. Yeah, ultimately, we shouldn't need to talk to him mm-hmm. nearly as much as we do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, certainly we haven't had to the last know, five or six weeks. But all right, fellas, you want to hear some voicemails? Absolutely. Let's hear it. Okay, here's the theme. Here's the mail. It never fails. It makes me want to wag my tail. When it comes, I want to wail. I'm going to warn you guys this week, the uh, voicemails, they took a little bit of a turn about halfway through. A Colin type turn? Well, I think there was a lot of uh, alcohol being celebrated uh, during the Vanderbilt game. And so uh, we got a a number of calls from, I can only classify as deranged alcoholics. So be prepared (laughs) for that. Hey, man, I was just thinking about it. And I think really what we're looking at now is Barry Odom is kind of growing into his own as a coach here. I know before everybody said, like, it just seems like he's throwing stuff at the wall, but he probably had DeMonte Cross in there trying to tell him to do everything, you know, that he shouldn't have been doing, that he knew was wrong, and then finally ends up firing the guy because he's probably working behind his back telling the players how his own X's and O's is not correct. So he's got everything kind of running smooth here. Now my next thing is recruiting, and I think that's really where he's going to have to hang his hat on, and I just don't understand why people can't join Mizzou because they look at him and they're like, hey, dude, you see this guy named Jamon Moore? If you can just catch the ball and run about half as fast as he can, you're going to get about 200 yards a game. I mean, that's all we do. We just rush the quarterback and we throw passes way down the field and we get about 15 yards a carry. Hashtag Who doesn't want to join this team? I don't understand. I can't get it. So maybe you guys can help. I cannot. Weather? <laughs> yeah. It's much warmer in the South. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, I'm really impressed with Mizzou, how they've turned the season around. And uh, I think you still have to consider the strength of schedule. They've played some pretty shitty teams these past few games. and But it's they're, they're still improving nonetheless. I'm still not too high on Barry Odom. I mean, I, still, I think he's done a great job with what he has. And you have to take into consideration that they fired their defensive coordinator midseason and somehow got it together. But he I, st- I still think Barry Odom mm-hmm. has, some, has some work to do, I think. I haven't bought into him all the way yet, but it looks like he's here to stay, so I might as well cheer for him. But they got to get back on the recruiting trail. But um, it's most of the team's coming back next year, um, it looks like. So hopefully they uh, carry this into next year. He wasn't wholly positive. And we took a little grief on Twitter for not being wholly positive, just pointed out that, you know, we played a bad schedule, mm-hmm. and the bowl game will be telling. And uh, people were not happy about that. They want to celebrate, understandably. Yeah, yeah absolutely. 
Sam. The last time I called this member was during the Purdue game. Oh, boy. Wow. Wow, that time changed. I'm so excited. It's like I fell back in love with my ex-girlfriend, M-I-Z. We're going bowling. <laughs> See how you fell Never up. fall in love with your ex-girlfriend No, again. that's a bad idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't do that. Words of wisdom. Hey, guys. I'm calling to say great one by the Tigers today, but I cannot wait to hear from Caleb about the interaction that Kansas has Baker Mayfield on Saturday. Again, I don't want uh, Caleb and his boys to pay me a visit because I stole his thunder last time. I'm just looking forward to hearing about it, and I'll let Caleb take from here. All right, I'm messed up now. Goodbye. We'll discuss the crotch grabbing and nonsense here in a little while. So you're not too upset that he's stealing your thunder about this whole Baker Mayfield thing? Go ahead. Get down with your bad self. All right. Hey, guys. um, Vanderbilt game just started. Uh, I just wanted to say just one more time. Fuck Tennessee! <laughs> okay, so if you couldn't tell, this is where things started to uh, unravel a little bit. We're M-I-Z! See how you did? Oh, boy, that goes in. That's okay. a good one. Ricky's in there somewhere. <laughs> yep. A cat. M-I-Z! C-O-U! <laughs> hey! So I have a friend, and That's good. I just want to clean his vagina. Oh. Just a woman and can never answer any questions. <laughs> I don't know that this was for us. Is this a sorority? <laughs> I don't know what's happening, hey, but they keep finding our number. Hey, Ricky, you can lose that number. <laughs> you know, Caleb, I'm liking this. I'm liking Zing. the tenor. Yeah. I'm liking the tenor. Ricky! Ricky's on, back. We're not playing the cat. Come on. We're not playing the cat. What? <laughs> Ricky, we're not playing the cat. Stop. Ricky, that was the entire voicemail. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if we're just getting... We're the last number he called and he just butt down on the crap out of it. <laughs> Apparently, a couple of guys were fucking a cat. <laughs> <laughs> Ricky, hold the tail! <laughs> this is his cat. He's just holding Ricky, the tail. Grab the lube! <laughs> Godspeed to you, Ricky. We hope you recover nicely from your injuries. Uh, scratch-related. <laughs> cat scratch fever. Yeah, you better believe it. <sighs> well, that's just... Uh, Insight we didn't want into our fan base. <laughs> Keep them coming. I think it's, you know, not unlike what we expected. Yeah, that's right. All right. This has been the old mailbag. I want to, before we get into Kansas news, I want to address something, Colin. Sure. I noticed that, you know, it's a cold November day. Caleb came into the studio today wearing flip-flops, I believe, without socks. Yeah. Well, that's how Caleb rolls. Yeah. So if anybody, you know, has any questions about uh, what kind of guy Caleb is, he's the kind of guy mid to late November who says, you know what? Shoes too cumbersome for this guy. <laughs> flip flops, it is. Uh-huh. Yeah, I like. It's thirty seven degrees out. It's paltry. Mm-hmm. I like to stay comfortable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When I'm not at work, I'm usually naked. So. <laughs> well, I appreciate you dressing for the show. Yeah, I did put on pants. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and thank you for uh, going way out of your way to do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> on that note, let's get to the pressing matter of the day. I was heard there were three kinds of suns in Kansas: sunshine, sunflowers, sons of bitches. This is Kansas News. And our first story for the day. Kansas man had $50,000 winning lottery ticket and lost it. But good thing he's lucky. Luck struck twice in the last month in Topeka for Kevin Hayek. On October 17th, he bought two Kansas lottery tickets at a local convenience store. He plays regularly, but isn't always good about checking his lottery tickets. Sure. Why would you check them? You yeah, just pay just, for them. Just give the state money. Yeah, sure. Yeah. On a whim last week while he was buying his morning coffee, he asked the clerk to check the tickets he bought in October. 
The first ticket the store clerk scanned wasn't a winner, but when he scanned the second ticket, the machine just went crazy. Neither one of us had seen anything like it, Hayek told Kansas Lottery officials. It printed out this long claim form, and the clerk gave it to me, and I put it in my pocket, and I went to my job site. When he got to work, he was showing a co-worker the long form he had to fill out to claim his prize. A co-worker asked whether he had the ticket on him. Oh, yeah, the ticket. Hayek didn't have it because the clerk didn't hand it back to him. He got back to his truck and headed straight away back to the store, a winning decision on his part. Turns out the clerk had thrown away both the winning and the non-winning lottery tickets. They were still in the trash inside the store, and they hadn't reached the dumpster yet. He was even luckier when he discovered that he had matched four of the first five Powerball numbers and the Powerball for $50,000. I've never won more than 2 or $4 before, he told lottery officials. I didn't believe I'd won at first, but it finally started to sink in. He plans to pay off some loans, give his motorcycle a facelift, take care of some things on his wife's to-do list, and put the rest in the bank. Wow, I was about to say, it's like, guarantee he doesn't put it in savings. <laughs> but I guess I was wrong. Yes. There'll be $600 left that'll go right to that old bank account. Hayek works for the Topeka School District, where he's done maintenance, plumbing, and heating for 36 years. His winning $50,000 ticket equates to a 10-year salary in the Kansas public school system. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. How dumb are these two people? So... He, he wins, and he didn't realize that he mm-hmm. needed to keep the ticket. Or nor check did the, them, really. Yeah, or nor did the clerk, who threw mm-hmm. both of them away. Yeah, well, this is Kansas. I mean, I think part of the winning process of Kansas, of the Kansas lottery ticket, is holding on to, maintaining, and recognizing your winner in their lottery system. Mm-hmm. They probably have 50% of the tickets are winners, but only like 2 or 3% actually claim the tickets because, you know, numbers and reading. Yeah, it's tough stuff. Fat cats in Kansas reflect a growing U.S. epidemic of obese pets, experts warn. Mm -hmm. A new report suggests that about a third of pet dogs and cats in the United States are overweight or obese, and you might be surprised to learn where they live. I'm not surprised. This could be dangerous for a guy like you, Brennan, who's got a cat Mm -hmm. and uh, is single, because you're going to badly need to teach that cat to dial 911 at some point. (laughs) That's a good point. Thanks for uh, pointing that out. (laughs) Uh, the growing number of overweight cats and dogs in the country is stunning. Your cat gets fat, you're fucked. Yeah, well, I knew that going in. Researchers have seen a 158% increase in overweight dogs and a 169% increase in overweight cats in the last 10 years. Obesity is an epidemic, the study warns. In Kansas, the prevalence of overweight dogs is nearly 7% higher than in the national average. Sure. The percentage of overweight cats is 15% higher than in the national average. Well, what this story probably doesn't mention is that prairie dog meat is very high in cholesterol, very mm-hmm. high in fat. Mm-hmm. And where you and the rest of the country are throwing your table scraps to your dog, mm-hmm. uh, they're not getting that caloric intake that a prairie dog brings to the table sure. when you're in Kansas. Pet owners across the country seem uncertain about what overweight means for pets. <laughs> this, this, it means fat. The study suggests noting that chubby pets might be becoming the new normal. Mm-hmm. Owners also seem confused about how much to feed their pets, the report notes, while also stating the obvious, a veterinarian can help you with that. With your, if your Labrador is out of breath when it climbs the stairs, it's probably There's obese. no hair left on the belly of your cat. It's too fat. <laughs> yeah. While some may say my cat looks cute, pudgy, or plump, ultimately carrying those extra pounds contributes to a number of diseases. Diabetes. <laughs> <laughs> the report's recommendation for keeping pets healthy is not having letting Kansas people own them. Is akin to the advice for keeping humans healthy: cut down on the treats and exercise more. Mm-hmm. The study attributes Kansas's higher number of obese cats to pet owners feeding table scraps not common to other states, such as deep fried prairie meat and flaming hot Cheetos. <laughs> well, Brennan, they get very little exercise chained to the mailbox. You know, <laughs> right, the, twenty-four the, hours a day, seven days a week. The Kansas safe, as we've been known. Yes. <laughs> 
Kansas man sentenced to more time in case that divided town. Okay, this one, Caleb, I don't know if you were around for all of this, but we had a story about a kid in the small town of Holcomb, Kansas, and uh, he was so popular and he had so many stories this way that he got his own theme song. Young girl, get out of my mind. My love for you is way out of That's right, he was a pedophile. And now running for Senate in, uh, in Kansas. Can we point out that this is got to be top of the list of pedophile rock? <laughs> yeah, for sure. And the song clearly states, girl, you're much too young. You better yeah. run, girl. Because here comes a rape. It's Roy Moore's theme song. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's also the theme song for Jacob Ewing, a man who has sharply divided oh, a small Kansas Jacob. town. Yes, he is given more jail time by a judge who departed from a plea deal. Uh, if you'll recall, Jacob Ewing was part of a number of rape cases. He I was, think it was seven at some one point, wasn't yes, it? Yes, and we covered his first one in which it was, a, I can't remember how old the girl was, but far under 13, the age of consent. Yeah. And uh, the town let him off because they felt a lot of pressure from his powerful family who owned the local hardware store. <laughs> yeah, I remember this. Okay. Yes, yeah, so Jackson County District Judge Norbert Merrick on Wednesday sentenced 23-year-old Jacob Ewing to a total of seven and a half years for attempted rape of a woman and child. Oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> a woman and a child? Yeah, a woman and a ch- and child exploitation related oh, to images so he had of an underage girl. I should let girl. you finish that sentence. <laughs> yeah, you should in general. Uh, Ewing was sentenced to 27 years for raping and sodomizing two other women. The Topeka Capital Journal reported Ewing's attorney and prosecutor had made an agreement that the sentences could be served concurrently, but Judge Merrick departed from that agreement. The sentencing ends a saga that roiled the town of Holton for more than a year. When Ewing was first arrested, many people in the town supported him and criticized the accusers. That sounds so shockingly familiar to these mm-hmm. local, these days in the news of late. You know, yeah. it warms my heart to know how badly this young man's going to be raped in prison. Yes, that, as well he should be. Yeah. And yeah, Kansas was really out in front of the... Mm-hmm. Uh, the pedophile epidemic. That's, yeah, the pedophile blame the victim sort of go-to move. That's mm-hmm. uh, that's born of Kansas. So it seems to be the uh, book is closed on old Jacob. He tacked on another seven and a half years to his long sentence of uh, anal prison rape. Yeah. Oh boy. Mm-hmm. That's uh. It's gonna be tough. It's gonna enjoy that. Mm-hmm. We have one final story for the day. Young man's gonna be split from shoulder blade to asshole. It's gonna be awesome. Yeah. Speaking of being split from shoulder blade to asshole, I believe the Kansas Jayhawks played Oklahoma Sooners, number four in the country. They did play Oklahoma. They started off the game by refusing to shake Baker Mayfield's hand at mm-hmm. the 50-yard line. It's a coin toss. Yeah, because why not be chesty when you never win? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. When, when you haven't beat an FBS anybody forever. In yeah, three, yep, four yep, years. Yep, yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, they beat Rhode Island guys. I'm sure that uh, tough talk and not shaking hands that equated to success on the field, did it not? Well, I'll get around here. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Oklahoma went ahead and won 41-3, which was a cover, by the way. Yeah, I so kinda, they went easy on them. Right? I kind of tossed that one in there. That was a cover? Yeah. I had a guy tell me last night that he he missed it by one point. It was 34. Yeah. He it was thir- he, he got the wrong line. He, he got the wrong line. He took line, it. Yeah. And uh, a quote directly from Mr. Mayfield during the game to the Kansas fans is, go cheer for basketball. Yeah, I also saw him on the sidelines say, you got one win, stick to basketball. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I was like, like this guy. That must be the only thing he did that day. To, uh, of note. He, he grabbed his nuts uh, a couple times also. Yeah, if you haven't, oh, seen the, if you haven't seen the video, goes to the sideline, turns to the uh, Kansas bench, and proceeds to grab his junk and shake it at uh, the Kansas uh, opponent. At that point, he was the lead uh, in my uh, Heisman poll. Yeah. <laughs> Doing all this, he was number one. Yeah, everybody's getting really down on him. I'm like, Consider the opponent. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, if he had done this to basically any other program in, 
you know, college, I would mm-hmm. said, you know, this is not very, this is not good. But uh, I'm pretty this big fan a, of this. This is equivalent of a high school kid not shaking Jordan's hand in the 90s mm-hmm. before yeah. they play one-on-one. Yeah. Right. Well, my yeah. thing is, is that they don't shake his hand. They they put a couple dirty hits on him. Mm-hmm. I mean, he had every right to be upset with these the fucking oh, shit yeah, program in Kansas. Four steps, the guy said. I had four steps. He admitted to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty bad. The thing that I thought was a little funny about it was ESPN started blurring his crotch when they were showing replays of this. <laughs> and they were so indignant about it. And okay, yeah, it was a crass move. Yeah. But it's also football fans who are watching this. I mean, how delicate and pearl clutchy do we need to <laughs> yeah. be about a kid just grabbing I can't imagine how many Oklahoma Sooner fans got the vapors watching this video. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, heavens. Yeah, yeah. Larry Missouri was just well, beside himself, I'm sure. I'm sure he was thrilled. <laughs> <laughs> they, they didn't blur out anything when uh, Joe Mixon was hitting a girl in the mouth. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> No, that, they didn't. They showed that over and over. And over. That is bizarre. I know yeah, it wasn't just it the way. mouth. It was she also. He also crushed her orbital socket, so mm. he got up a little higher. Yeah, yeah. yeah the, they um, showed that every yeah, bit. The one you know that because it wasn't blurred. No, exactly. You know, uh, like the Japanese porn. <laughs> <laughs> How do you know that? They <laughs> no, we were hacked. That's our, our Twitter account was hacked for yeah. porno sites, but I don't know how many of it was Japanese. Yeah, it was mostly Middle Eastern. Mm-hmm. But Th- any, three of them were a lot of hair. Oh boy. Anyway, one thing I'll say about Baker Mayfield just his behavior throughout the season. Baker Mayfield being be the broiest bro who ever broed. Yeah. Do you, yeah, get, do you get that feeling? Dude. Dude, bro. Dude, bro. Bring it, bro. Yeah. He was pretty bro-tastic. ESPN response to it. It reminded me a little bit of Andre Ware during the Missouri Vanderbilt game. There was a Vanderbilt cornerback who was a little showy whenever he yeah. prevented a... Got a pretty Missouri. chesty. Yeah, and he was like strutting his stuff on the sidelines and, oh, Andre Ware couldn't handle it. It was just awful. And then, of course, the very next pass, Drew Locke goes back and and throws a touchdown on that same cornerback and Andre Ware's like, see, this is what happens. And I'm like, I'm a Missouri fan and I'm like, oh, get over it. We get it, Mr. Hero. Yeah. You know, yeah, he's a kid and he made a little bit of a everyone's a hero brennan yeah. everyone's a hero go to twitter everyone is a hero how indignant do you need to be about it okay he celebrated a play let's move forward well and this like baker mayfield of course he has to go on camera immediately and apologize to the entire world and to everyone and like i said and he I'm means not, it deeply and i'm not saying he didn't make a mistake but i mean this 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 need for people like you're gonna give it to us yeah we need your apology <laughs> we're gonna bring you down a and he means it so much too the he, rules you know. of this say that you can't say anything about him because he's just a kid but if he does this in the nfl in two years he is a fuck well where does it yeah. end where does it end that, that is the great <laughs> almost that's the great enigma of this is like if you're talking negatively about his play on the field lay off he's a kid if he grabs his dick on the sideline, well, he's an adult and 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 can take all of your fucking fury. You know what I mean? Like, is he just a kid? Because I thought he was just a kid a minute ago. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe I'm doing stupid kid things. Yeah, it's very arbitrary when people decide these 18, 19, 20-year-olds who can, by the way, fight in wars and vote and drink beer and, and be governor of Kansas and be governor of Kansas are now children. And then they pull that children tag and they're adults mm-hmm. again. Yep. It's it's just whatever suits the Twitter indignancy. That's what's uh, accurate for the moment. I, and I've never been closer to saying boomer sooner than whenever that guy grabbed his crotch and pointed it at towards the Kansas crowd. Yeah, I absolutely. Wouldn't bought a, I wouldn't have bought an OU hat. <laughs> <laughs> you should have really gone for the jockstrap. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess, you know, that'll do it for uh, Kansas news this week. Okay, on that note, we're going to come back with a little SEC around the horn and uh, see how Caleb did up against the coin this week on his picks of the week. Ooh, I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued. This is the Mazzotcast. What's up, dum-dums? It's your good friend Colin here, and I'm here to talk to you today about something deadly serious. I know usually I'm a 
prankster and a jokester, but the topic I'm about to talk to you about is more serious than just about anything I can imagine, and that is the majesty and delicious taste of Schlafly beer. Schlafly is created by the St. Louis Brewery, Missouri's largest locally owned independent brewery. Every year, they pump out over 50 unique styles of beer for you and I to enjoy. And we're so proud to have Schlafly Beer as a Mazadcast sponsor. So if you want to be a true Mazadcast fan, a true Missourian, and a true American, buy you some Schlafly Beer and get blackout, piss drunk, responsibly. Schlafly Beer. More listener music comes to us from M.V. Conger. This is called Shadow of Your Smile. He writes, Love Mazodcast. Told all my friends about it two years ago upon discovery and frequently since. Mazodcast is a teller of unvarnished truths, no whole bard analysis, the kind that we tell around ice cold tall boys. Hilarious knee slapping podcast that sucks cock. Well, and review turned took a turn for. I like the, the smooth thing. jazz. It's that's some serious boning music. Yes, it is. Yeah, mm-hmm. listen to it all day at work, and then go home and put it to my old. Yeah, lady. that's right. Mm, yeah, as you should. All right, guys, let's uh, let's get to the serious. Go and home and say something sexy. Up I post that music. Like I'm going to fuck you where your pee comes from. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we're not, <laughs> wow. So we're not not going to be serious. <laughs> Gets the old lady running, doesn't it, yeah, Caleb? Yeah, she's ready. To don't lie. listen. Don't don't tweet me. That's not. Those are not my words. Those are Caleb's words <laughs> to his wife. It's exactly what I say to her, and it works ninety five percent of the time. Well, why wouldn't it? Yeah. Jesus loves football. <laughs> All right. I guess it's time for uh, SEC around the horn with the if we hear that music. Yeah, sure. All right, let's bring somebody in who may not appreciate what you all are talking about. <laughs> it's our good friend, the old Paul Feinbach. Nick Saban, Nick Saban. All right, you ready, Paul? Let's get started. You know, the Feinbach was pissed about Baker Mayfield apologizing on Twitter. Yeah. He was very upset about Paul it. Paul Salty, and I've, I've decided to let him have the Twitter account. For a while, I was trying to figure out mm-hmm. what had gone haywire within his programming that allowed him to access Twitter. Yes, sir. You know what? Just fuck it. We'll just let him go. And you know, a lot of people... He's like, becoming sentient. I can't stop it. I don't know how it's happening. I think people think that we run that Twitter account. And we do not. No, Let's make that perfectly clear. <laughs> yeah. No, it's Paul. Mm-hmm. It's not us. It no, it's the fine be. bot. The fine bot. That's exactly right. Caleb, what happened in the SEC this week? First game up, Mississippi State versus Arkansas. Mississippi State wins a very close game all the way down to the end, 28-21. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Arkansas had, a, had this game in hand for a little while. Did yeah. you see the touchdown that they scored where the, there was a fumble, <laughs> then the ball was kicked 65 mm-hmm. yards, then yeah. into the end zone, recovered for a touchdown. Yeah, mm-hmm. classic Burt Bielema play. Yeah. He drew yeah. that one up nicely. <laughs> yes, he did. It did look like it was On the greased. back of a Denny's napkin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which he's had many of. Mm-hmm. Tell your wife hi for me, Bert. <laughs> I watched that with interest, knowing that we were going up against him this week. Uh, next game, Alabama murdered Mercer. What a shock. 56 to Dick. Nick mm-hmm. Saban. Yeah. Nick Saban. That was Nick Saban's doing. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, that was as embarrassing of a matchup as any that Paul has griped about in the past. For Missouri? For Missouri. No. No, I think it was Paul. Alabama played a staff infection and took care of him. Yep. Auburn played 
University of Louisiana Monroe. Tough game. Uh, no. Schedule this one to help them out, you know, in the polls. They win 42 to 14. They sure did. I didn't watch any of that game. Anybody else watch any of that game? No, why would you? I saw highlights <laughs> on SEC Now very late last night mm-hmm. of that game as I waited for Mizzou highlights that never came, sure. at least on the half an hour show that happens right after they the never the game. Come. Why would they have out. a gamer with SEC opponents who are two SEC opponents? Well, Brandon, I, I, I want to make sure and tell you guys that they did have highlights of, you know, Oklahoma. Hmm. But in that half an hour first show they do right after the game, no Mizzou highlights. Yes, sir. They did get to them much, much, much later in the hour-long show, but they did talk about Missouri very briefly. This conversation is really getting to the point of, of absurdity. I guess so, Paul. And then we had Georgia coming off their loss playing Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Well, in Kentucky's golden year, I mean, they probably gave Georgia all they wanted. Oh, they gave them, no. a, gave them a hell of a run. 42 to 13, Ugga. Yeah. Imagine how that Sonny Michel guy, mm-hmm. imagine how many yards he would have if Nick Chubb wasn't on the roster. Because he is... Every bit as good as Nick Chubb in my mind. I don't know. Yeah, but it's uh, but uh, they're both leaving now. Mm-hmm. But it, I just, I was like, man, I wish that Michelle guy was a junior. Just kind of like see Darren him. McFadden like, and Felix Jones yeah, from Arkansas. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, and then Florida played UAB. We were wrong about this. I was standing <laughs> yeah, there going, I was like, way wrong. <laughs> yeah, I was like, You're I thought they were wrong. UCF, and there was like, oh, they're break 24th in the nation. They could really give Florida all they wanted. And then I was like, no, that's – and then I started watching the game on, on uh, Saturday and realized, oh, that's not the same yeah, program. I went with you that's on that U- one thinking that was the UAB. same thing. Yeah, and UAB, they're the ones that like lost their football team two years ago. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. So they did not cover. Sorry about that betting advice. Did not cover Florida. Well, third, I hope if they're betting – <laughs> that they have, they know more about it than we do. Obviously, Florida, oh, I like that. Yeah. Florida thirty six, UAB seven. Yep, yep. They scored seven. <laughs> South Carolina played Woford. Oh, what a it matchup! Was, but only beat them thirty one to ten. That's yeah. not an ass stomping, really. Twenty one points. No, I wanted to play. I want to. I know it's not going to happen, but I want to go to a bowl game and play either Kentucky, South Carolina, or Purdue. You know, it's not like not going oh, to happen. While we're on South Carolina, should we speak of the idiot on Twitter that said Mizzou's facilities were not up to snuff? Yes, sir. To South Carolina's and all that. Or that, that, yeah, our program doesn't have any history or whatever. No we, history. No tradition. South Carolina had uh, 15 minutes of relevancy as while well, Spurrier was their coach. Mm-hmm. Squeezed inside of 100 years of getting their ass stomped by the SEC endlessly. I, I think yes, I, sir. I went and looked it up, and they have played in 13 bowl games. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, Quite a history. Uh, uh, Vandy has played in eight. They've played in 13. <laughs> 13 Quiet or 15. History. Either way, it's it's not a great deal. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Anyway, that guy was a jackass. Just wanted to say that. Final game. LSU, Tennessee. Butchless, Tennessee. Butchless, Tennessee. That LSU wins 30 to 10. <laughs> Ed Ogeron gets the job done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Love to hear from it. Ed. Yeah. We should be pretty salty. All right. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he is. He looks like he's eating a lot of salt. Mm-hmm. Sounds like that guy off those old Adam Sandler movies and likes to see homos naked. <laughs> <laughs> they love you. They love you. <laughs> that wraps up this week in SEC football. All right. What is going to happen next week? Week 13, we have Ole Miss traveling to Mississippi State. The mm-hmm. Egg Bowl. The old Egg Bowl, yeah. And I ask this every year, and I have never taken the time to learn the answer. Why is it called the Egg Bowl? Because it stinks? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I have no answer for you there either, Colin. I've asked this, like, for four years we've done this podcast. For four years I've asked this question and never even thought to pick up my Google machine that sits in my pocket. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that's it's on the internet We'll somewhere. have to try to find an expert on this. Well, you mm-hmm. know what? 
I'm still not going to check. I'm just going to ask next year. Okay. Anybody have a guess on who wins that game? Mm, I'm going to say Mississippi State. Mississippi State. That a boy, Paul. I think, yeah, yeah. Ole Miss, is, Ole Miss has looked a little bit better since they put their new quarterback in, but uh, he, was, he had struggles. This I week. just feel like the coaching – I mean, I, I feel like Mullen's a decent coach and the other mm-hmm. guy's just an interim. They'll, I Man, feel like they get He's an odd-looking fella. Yeah. He looks like he could do some battle with a buffet at Denny's himself. <laughs> Keeping and with win. Mm-hmm. in-state <laughs> rivalries, Louisville visits Kentucky. Yeah. And Louisville's down. Louisville's down. Kentucky is, we don't know what Kentucky is. They're 7-4 mm-hmm. and four now, I believe. They're not as down as Kentucky, though. Well, mm-hmm. one would hope they beat Kentucky. They beat- Kentucky beat them when they were supposed to be really good. So. Yeah. Kentucky. Yeah. All right. All right we'll Paul say, thinks, yeah. I'll, I'll, go with, I'll go with Paul. Kentucky. Paul ought to know. He covers SEC. He's wrong. Um, says Louisville. Another in-state in uh, battle. I don't agree. Florida State at Florida. And this is the battle of dumpster fire, shit show, hot dog mm-hmm. water, all of it. Hot dog water. Yeah, it is two bad teams. It's amazing that uh, the U in Miami is now the number one football school in Florida right now. I the completely know. movable object versus the completely stoppable force. <laughs> That's right. I haven't watched Florida State play this year, but I have watched a lot of Florida. And based on that, I would say Florida State. I don't know what you guys think. I'm going to say Florida State for the same reasons. I'm going to go Florida just because you two dummies chose uh, Florida State. That's Florida. Usually, that's pretty good. That's yeah. honestly a pretty good strategy. Yeah, actually. Florida. All right. Paul's going to go with you, so I don't know what that means. And again, we have Georgia at Georgia Tech. Mm-hmm. Well, I think we got to put Georgia down again in this one. Over under eleven passes thrown in this game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, at least on the on the Tech side for sure. Mm-hmm. Running gun. Georgia. Yeah, I'm agreeing with Paul here. Me also. Go Uga. Alabama at Auburn. Ooh, the Iron Bowl. Alabama. 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 That, that was the theme of SEC Now last night as I watched it. We, it's finally Iron Bowl week. Nick Saban. The games had literally been over for, mm-hmm. you know, three hours. Mm-hmm. And they're like, I cannot wait to talk about Auburn and Nick Alabama Saban. going head-to-head. Yeah. It's the game Paul Fimo looks forward to most every year. Who do you think is going to pull that one out, Caleb? Oh, Alabama. There's yeah. only one thing that gives uh, – well, there's two things that give Paul Feinbaum an erection. Viagra and the Iron Bowl. Yeah. Yeah, he agrees. Uh, and then we have Vanderbilt at Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Yeah, Tennessee, another state where football is not looking good right now. Mm-mm. And honestly, what I saw between the two teams back-to-back, I'd go with Vanderbilt. I'm going to say Tennessee. I just feel like Vanderbilt is, is... Vanderbilt? Well, yeah, that's a good enough point. Yeah, sure. We'll go with that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with Vanderbilt also because uh, Lionel Richie was a Commodore. Really? Well... Oh, not that Commodore. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was, you had me confused for a second. Like, really? Lionel Richie, huh? I made Colin think. <laughs> yeah, what I, I did. Hello. Gotcha. Is it me? You're yeah. Paul, who do you think is going to win this game? I can see it in your eyes. Tennessee. I can see it in your smile. And then I want to tell you so we'll finish. Much. I passed oh, no. out from drinking too much. <laughs> I love you. These guys aren't asking me anything I'm interested in. No, not tonight. <laughs> A&M visits LSU. Hmm, LSU all the way. LSU. Yeah, I watched them play Ole Miss. They were not that impressive. LSU, they, yeah. Are they playing at LSU? They're in, playing in, at, down in the bayou? They are playing in the bayou. They call it the bayou because it runs right by you house. Mm, yeah, that's right. Where's to live by. Thanks, Coach O. And then the uh, final in-state uh, game is Clemson at South Carolina. Well, this mm. ought to be a bloodletting. Yeah, I agree with that. South Carolina Number is two not team very country good. in the country going in there. South Carolina is now eight and three, but the Clemson should slaughter them by at least two touchdowns. I don't care what the odds are. Yeah, I don't either, Paul. South Carolina, Paul. Come on, I know you're an SEC that's homer. A, that's but. a glitch. That's got to be a glitch. I'm going to work on. I mean, no, I'm not an engineer. 
I don't agree. <laughs> Thanks, Paul. That's all compliment for you. Do you work on him with like a bra on your head, weird science style? <laughs> no, no. Yes, sir. Yeah. Paul says differently. Yeah. <laughs> I believe Paul. Shut up, Paul. No. no. And then the uh, final game to talk about is Mizzou at Arkansas. <laughs> yeah, this will uh, determine our fate for the year to see whether we'll be a winning team before bowl season. We need to win this just to make sure we keep the momentum going. You know mm-hmm. what? You don't want to end the season, especially after a five-game run like this, on a sour note. Yeah, I agree. Especially to a team that's really bad. Who's going to fire their coach? Well, and it's the difference between being 500 and being a winning team. Yeah, absolutely. I think Barry Odom has long ago since saved his job, but mm-hmm. uh, this would be a great way to, to go out things. this yeah, season. Sure. Yeah. It's always good to beat Arkansas. And I'd love to get another notch on that belt against Arkansas because our um, record against them over the – we've played them more than most SEC teams, mm-hmm. and we pretty much have dominated this series, and I wanted yeah. that to continue for as long as it can. All right. Do you think they can? I don't know. I, I they should. Yes, I think they will. I mean, if I if somebody made me bet on this game, I would say yes. Is there Missouri. a spread out for this one yet? Um, it's seven o'clock. There should be one, but I haven't get to look at it mm. yet. Who do you think is going to win? Oh, I believe Mizzou will win. Yeah, Missouri mm. plus. I think eight. they can that's run. I think they can run on them. Paul, who do you think? Arkansas. Yeah, of course. That's pretty much what I expected. They're from the West. Mm-hmm. And they're Missouri. Yeah, this is another one of those programs where they were just, they were almost, uh, insulted that, that the SEC wanted to make this a rivalry, like rivalry with Missouri. They really do feel disrespect. And then, uh, you go look at the head to head record and go, yeah, right. It's not a rivalry because we pretty much dominate you. And we, in a rivalry, there should be some, it should be competitive. We no. housed them in a cotton bowl with their best yeah. team in the last 30 years. Yeah. Oh. I don't agree. <laughs> yeah. It happened. Paul, it's, it happened. It, it, is, it is on the internet. People aren't about facts anymore. No, they're not. You're right about that. <laughs> Paul's on board with fake news. Yep. All right. I guess that'll do it this week for uh, SEC Around the Horn. Caleb, I think we ought to explore uh, how you did last week when we uh, did our Caleb with Greek Pick of the Week segment. Game uh, six. You, if I recall, you were down. The coin went 3-0 and oh in his first week, and I think you were 4-3 and three in your two weeks of picking. So how'd you end up in uh, this is the this Game week? six Caleb the Greek Pick of the Week segment. That's right. Way. Yeah, it's sponsored by Game Six Honky Tonk, Caleb's Pick of the Week. Caleb the Greek's Pick of the Week. Well, this week I went 2-1. and one. Mm-hmm. That, uh, Yeah, we know that UAB down, let you down there, didn't you? Yeah. UAB plus 11. <laughs> you know... You know, Caleb, I, I can't. I can't help feeling like maybe I, I, I didn't help you with that pick. Or her. Well, I listened to you because I was like, I'm pretty sure Colin's right. No, no, Colin's never, never right. Well, Don't assume that. Yeah. I started to look at my Google box. I'm like, fuck it. I'm pretty sure he's right. Yeah, so why I should I look at it. facts? Listen to Colin. You, yeah. you haven't been around me nearly enough, obviously. <laughs> yeah. So you'll get it. You'll yeah. get there. So I lost that one. Mm-hmm. Then I took Mizzou, seven and a half point favorite, and Vandy. Mizzou covered that. They were good to go. And then I had LSU, uh, minus 14 at Tennessee, and they won that game handily. Mm-hmm. So so you're at six and four on the year. You're uh, they're making people money. You're making people money. Anything over 50% in the uh, gambling world is making money. How did the coin do? The coin went one and two. The coin had Oregon State plus six and a half versus Arizona State. The coin had Iowa minus nine versus Purdue. And the coin had Syracuse. Plus eleven and a half versus Louisville. 
It won the Oregon State game, lost the Iowa and the Syracuse, I believe. Mm-hmm. Is yeah. that correct? So that puts the coin at four and two on the year, and uh, you're getting close now. So the coin's making the money, too. Mm-hmm. Coin's making money. Caleb's. Li- the point is, just pick whoever, Caleb or a coin picks, and you're going to come out you're wealthy. You're going to make man. a lot of money. Mm-hmm. That's right. Quit your job today. Mm-hmm. Put all your money into gambling. I think, Caleb, I, I don't know, but your goal at the end of the season would be to be better than a 50-50 flipped coin, perhaps. I, I would hope that I could do that. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, and if you can, then I Your wife hopes that, too. Yes. <laughs> I do wear this helmet on my head that you know, for, for a reason, yeah. but uh, I think that I've got a little smarts in here. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll see about that. <laughs> I like tater tots. I don't agree. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, do we not put him away? Yeah. So uh, tune in to our midweek show uh, for the Arkansas game, and Caleb will go up against the coin once again in Caleb the Greeks Pick of the Week. Caleb, Caleb the Greeks, Greeks Pick of the Week. Okay, fellas, it's time for our awards segment of the show. we got two to give out this week. The first, of course, sponsored by Schlafly Beer, is the TJ Moe Douche of the Week. Douche of the Week. So, uh, fellas, do you have any candidates for this week's I'm Douche I'm going to say Barrett week? Sally just because, this, you know, He's Barrett Sally. Mm, yeah. We basically mixed it up a little bit on Twitter, and I think he's a douche. Yeah, I agree. He's quite douchey. He basically was congratulating Missouri, and I, I made reference that he probably had to choke on those words, and he was like, whoa? And then I proceeded to tweet at him numerous times where he uh, basically had completely dismissed Missouri in all ways. And then he said, well, you haven't explained anything about why I choke on the words. Hashtag sad. <laughs> I was like, I was alluding that your timeline answers that question. Hashtag sad. So Went just- over your head. Reading your Twitter battle with uh, Barrett Sally. And yeah, Colin. exactly. Well, I didn't read it word for word. It was much better than that. I fucking housed him. I feel like Baker Mayfield under normal circumstances would be up for a douche of the Not week award. Not against Kansas. By- exactly. That's what I'm getting Do at. Do we have a hero award? <laughs> he could be the hero of the week for doing that and for just clobbering them again, although we'd have to name a candidate each week for hero of the week, whoever beats Kansas yeah. by 30 points. So uh, I think we got to eliminate Baker Mayfield because uh, he did something crass and unsportsmanlike, but he did it to Kansas. So tip of the cap. Caleb, do you have any uh, suggestions other than those two? For uh, I was just scrolling to see if TJ Mo had said anything douchey in the last 20 minutes. Caleb, that's a crutch. You you know he has. You know he has. And the award is named after TJ Mo. I mean, it's it's because he has such a strong reputation of douchitude. But no one can beat him when he's on his game. When he's on his game. I mean, that's why the award's named after him. I mean, they call it the Vince Lombardi Trophy for a reason Mm -hmm. because the guy wins. Yeah. So uh, All he does is douche. I'm ready to give it to uh, Barrett Sally. I think he's always a strong candidate, and this week just as well Dude of the week. yeah his confusion as to why we would be confused at his mm-hmm. you know, terrible terrible yeah, annual he, picks he's being positive about missouri and we're confused by that mm-hmm. and he doesn't understand why even though he screen capped his oh and eight <laughs> yeah just like he prediction constantly taking hot fucking shits all over us he doesn't but, uh, realize that you can capture pictures from no phone. no he doesn't <laughs> he yeah, isn't he also the guy picks. that said that uh a&m feels sec yeah missouri not so much not so that's much. what he said yeah yeah he's totally douche of the week category douche of the week. all right who have you guys got to uh be uh, win the coveted award of Kirk Farmer's Hair, Player of the Game. Now it's time for Kirk Farmer's Hair, Player of the Game. This young man, I feel like, is worthy of that golden fleece that sits upon Kirk's head. Let's hear it. Albert O. Oh, I mean, boy. at some we point... Had, you haven't even really talked about it. Yeah, yet. I mean, he had 
two touchdowns. Mm-hmm. He converted numerous third downs. He made tough catches. I mean, the guy's a fucking stud, and he's a redshirt freshman. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's fought his way over Kendall Blanton and uh, Reese for that starting tight end spot, and obviously with good cause, because all he I does think is catch touchdowns. Reese immediately went back in the bus with Blanton and <laughs> oh, on the on the roster. Yeah, so I think that's a good pick. I know we don't give it to the defense much, but uh, Beckner Jr., when he had that uh, pick and he had a strong game of that. Uh, Beckner's have been an honorable <laughs> mention for like four weeks now, yeah. for sure. A lot of defenders have. I mean, it's hard. like I said, it's hard for a defender to win this award whenever we're putting up 50 points a game. Sure. But, uh, yeah, I, I can't complain with Albert O as a choice. I agree. All right. Albert O, congratulations. I think this might be your first ever Kirk Farmer's Hair Player of the Game Award. All right, guys. I guess it's time to wrap it up. Yep. Are you looking forward to the uh, big matchup next week against Arkansas? It's Friday, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Playing on Friday, the Black yeah, that's Friday. Right. That's right. It's a Friday game after Thanksgiving. Yeah. So. The one thing I hate about this game is I always want to go to away games, mm-hmm. and Fayetteville is a pretty easy jaunt, mm-hmm. and they always have it the weekend of Thanksgiving to make yeah, sure that you have your stupid family yeah, to oh, attend to. Worst decisions oh, I've ever stuck made. in fucking Kentucky. Oh, it's terrible. Yeah, Caleb, it's I mean, job. I don't know how you feel. We've never really gotten into it, but I mean, I, I'm the master, the the author of my own misery. I mean, children, wife, people who love me. It's it's really just an anchor when I'm trying to concentrate hard on college football. Yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feel like you're in the same boat. I don't know if you, I, you feel you really have to comment on it. Uh, yeah, I am. You know, I. I'm forced to spend my Thanksgiving week in Kentucky every year. Oh my God. In, in the heart of Kentucky. Right? Oh my in the God. deep, 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 dark corners oh. of it all. Mm. Oh boy. I'm uh, sorry to hear that. Yeah. It's, it's a wonderful week of protecting my asshole. <sighs> <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. So, uh, I was going to take a hard segue from that and <laughs> yeah, you know. ask you guys, uh, yeah. if you want to make a prediction whether Michael Porter Jr. plays in Orlando during the tournament this coming week. I'm going to say no. Mm, that'd be scary. I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say yes, too. Well, fuck you guys. Mm-hmm. I'm going home. I, I know a guy. I was going to say no, but then Colin picked it. So yeah, I see I, See how I did that, Caleb? I, <laughs> yeah. I, I learned quickly. <laughs> yep, you better believe it, brother. <laughs> All right. Follow us on Twitter, at Mizzodcast. Leave us an iTunes review. We always need it. Thank you so much for listening, and congratulations, Mizzou Tigers, on being bowl eligible once again. It's been a long drought. So until next week, M-I-Z. Z-O-U. Go Tigers. I'm going to fuck you where your pee comes from. (laughs) We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And... Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. 
I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more.